God's grace, his mercy, his peace, they are yours through Jesus Christ, who is the bread of life come down. Amen. Jesus is in the midst of his ministry and getting the attention of many people. But I think it's hard for us as first world people to understand what first century people thought of bread. It's hard for us because right now in, in this room, I'm guessing maybe some of you skip breakfast and you may feel a pang of hunger before the end of the service. Most of us know where that meal is coming from and have probably already eaten today. And you can go home and have, what, weeks? If you look in the freezer, months of food at, at ready supply. And if you needed it, you could just go to Lake Mills Market and you have aisles of things like bread and food and you can swipe a plastic card, all you need to eat. It was different with the people that Jesus was dealing with. And, and, and to make me understand this, this better, a friend of mine, a pastor in Iowa, he had Sudanese come and visit and he became kind of the, the resident Sudanese trainer of missionaries that eventually went back to Sudan because they were persecuted and they were being killed. There was genocide going on there. There was famine. It was some bad stuff. And he went back to Sudan and he said, this is where it kind of hit me. Um, I'm in a third world. And then seeing the people there and, and asking them questions because he wanted to give them the truth, the gospel, the hope. And, and you know, what is it like to have, know that you could be raided, uh, your, your tribe could be taken away, that, that people could die, men could be taken away just because the government didn't care. And they said, yeah, that's real. That is a fear they have. But the bigger thing that nagged them every day was having enough to eat. They honestly didn't know each day if enough calories were going to be put before them and what they would do the next day because it was that hard. <laughs> Can you imagine if that was the existence to know when the next meal is coming from because your stomach was very much telling you either you put something in or I start using the stuff that isn't to be used inside the body, right? It's malnutrition. So when, when Jesus came off the boat trying to get away from the crowd for a moment to train his disciples to just have a moment, he sees the people on the other side of the lake that came around because they had seen him do the miracles, they had heard his message, and he sees them as, as sheep without a shepherd, and, and his heart goes out to them. And so instead of recharging, he instead empties himself to teach and to preach and to tell them, and it's getting late in the day. And, and you know, because last week we talked about this, he tells the disciples, you feed them. And they're going, no way can we feed this many people. It just can't. There's not enough food, not enough money. And he says, all right, set them down. And then Jesus goes and out of thin air with a prayer to his Father in heaven, he gives them bread to eat. And the amazing thing which really had an impact is all of them were filled. That was rare. And there was leftovers, even rarer. And he did it without having to harvest grain and, and to bake it. He did it because he is God. And then he tells the disciples because he knew in his mind right before the lesson before us today what the people were thinking, hey, this guy gives us bread to eat and that's a big deal. And, and we want someone like that and he seems to be talking like he's a leader too. We would love to have the Romans take, taken away from us. We would love for this guy to be the right guy. He feeds our bellies. He has power from on high. This is the one. And, and so the disciples were sent back across to Capernaum and then Jesus, because uh, he came later, walked across the water, did that that miracle the people where are the disciples where is Jesus came back around or across the lake to find him and there he is in the synagogue teaching and and so here we pick up on when they found him they asked him rabbi when did you get here 
Well, it's, it's as if that they're just making small talk with Jesus because that's not the real question. They didn't really care. He could have said, I walked on water. I, I fed you and then I walked on it, It's not what the real issue was. The thing is, they had eaten and it was from a guy who could do it from, from thin air and they wanted that again. They wanted, they wanted another meal. They, they wanted this to be the one who was going to feed them and care for them and make their meager existence something special. They wanted the one that would rise their nation up and make them a nation to be rivaled by no one. This is what they wanted. They wanted the earthly things and this is the one that was going to deliver them and Jesus knew this was the real thought on their mind and so he doesn't answer their question. He actually says this, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs I performed, because you ate the loaves and had your fill. That's really why you're here, isn't it? Because you want me to do it again, and you think that I am the God who comes to feed bellies, and that's not why I'm here. And in fact, he's directing them over to the spiritual and saying, you know why I did that? So that you could see definitively that I am God in the flesh. That was the point of the miracle. Not so that I could feed you and feed you and feed you and feed you. I wanted you to see that everything I said is coming true in your sight, that God is a God who keeps his promises. They mixed that. They tasted the bread and it was oh so good. And, and then Jesus says, Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Jesus was trying to introduce them to something better and, and they weren't quite getting it. They wanted the things, the food that this world offers and they thought that by it they would be filled. But they were only going to be hunger, hungry again because it, it doesn't last. And he was addressing their minds from that which they thought was the most important and their stomachs were dictating that to something far more important that was right before their very eyes. But, but they boated and walked and ran for food that spoils. And he wasn't just talking to first century hearts. He's talking to first world people today too, right? What is it that you hunger for? What is it that, that is, is not a part of your life, what, what you are seeking and working hard toward that you believe will fill you? What is it that you want more than anything in whatever stage of life you're in? I don't care if you're a grade schooler or if you're a high school, if you're just on the edge of college, if you're in midlife, what is it that you say, if I get this and I'm working hard for it, is it just maybe belonging? And I will do this, and I will even compromise this or pretend I'm this so that I can belong, and that will make me happy because other people around me accept me, but they don't really know the real me. And, and we are willing to compromise, right? No, no one will know. Is it, is it the, the pursuit of just being beautiful and, and being the one that everyone wants to be? Is it, is it trying to keep this persona, this, this, this life that we have online that everyone thinks everything is perfect? And we think that if other people give us the likes and other people see us as doing it and having it and being it, that it'll make us happy. But it just, if we have it for a moment, it's just quickly gone and leaves us so empty because it's always driving us further 
What is it that you want? Is it another zero behind your name so that you can really retire? Is it, is it having the perfect thing and, and, and the good existence? Is it, is it power? Is it having this, this, I am independent of all people because I have made it, but you know just as quickly as you have it, it can be gone. These things that we put our shoulder into, it's really, it's bread that doesn't last. It's not evil in and of itself, but the fallacy is we think that by these things we are going to be happy. And I know I'm beating you up on things saying, these things aren't wrong. It's good to work hard. It's good to have. And we have a country that says, this is the pursuit of the American dream, right? The pursuit of happiness. But Jesus is saying, these things don't really truly make you happy. It doesn't last. It's not the stuff. It's not the things that we get by work of our hands that makes us happy. And you think as we grow older, we would get this, but we have this blind spot when we look back. Let me give you an example. I just got a, a picture that snapped to me from my, my kids are, are now in, you know, newly married. They're, they're in their first apartment now in Milwaukee. Not a great area, but the rent is right. And so they got that starter apartment and they're trying to make it their home. All this hand-me-down stuff that they're trying to personalize. And they have this hand-me-down table that's been scratched. They got for free off the side of the curb. And they got the Samsonite folding chairs that were a gift for our wedding. It's got that 90s green color with that foul fabric and this is what they have in their kitchen and yet they have two friends over and they look so happy having a meal there and they're all eating off the, the dishes they finally could unwrap from their wedding and use and they didn't have a formal dining room. There was no chandelier. There was no uh, beautiful china. There was no serving kitchen and multiple rooms to host your guests. They're kind of in two areas and yet they were happy. You could tell. Why is that? We work so hard to get the stuff and have the things that we think are going to be the things that make us happy and then we have to get the more things and it's harder to manage the things that we have to drag along and it just becomes harder and harder to be happy and it's, it's like that because this world gives us bread that doesn't last. Happiness is not found in the stuff. And this is the lecture we get. I get it from the generation ahead of me, and now I'm giving the lecture to the generation behind me. When you try to give them more than you have had, we try so hard to do that, right? Give my kids a better life. And then you see them not appreciating it, and then you start lecturing them and saying, when I was your age, I had half of this stuff, and I was still happy. That should be a sermon against yourself. Why are you trying to double what they have and think that they're going to be happy because of it? Do you see what this bread of life does? And we come before our God and we pray to him saying, extend this, give me that, I want this. We want God's power to come down and give us what we need right now. And then we'll be happy and then we'll serve you. It's what the people we're dealing with here. And Jesus bridges it over to something more spiritual. But when Jesus talks about this, he says, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. To, will give you. They said, what must we do to do the works of God? And he says, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. It's not what you do or earn that, that gives you the valuable things that last. That's not it. It's not because you're in church, because you give an offering, because you're a Christian that gives you these things. No, it is a gift of God that he comes and gives you free. It's not the labor of your hands. The people thought we must have to do something. We must have to follow something. We must need to rise above. God will notice us and we'll be rewarded just like work. God will give us the paycheck of something good. No. 
God's grace is absolutely free. It's something that has happened outside of you and God simply gives to you. Why? Because he loves you. He is a gracious and merciful God and says, here, believe it. It's yours. But that's a big leap. And the people didn't want to do that. And they said, okay, you, Jesus, tell us now to take this leap of faith, to trust in everything you're doing, to say you're the one God has sent. Well, you fed our bellies one time on one day, and now you're saying to drop everything that's worth pursuing, drop this idea of Messiah that we have, and follow you? This is how they challenged him. They said, what sign then will you give us that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. He just, they're basically saying, Jesus, you fed us one day. Okay, great. Moses fed a nation for 40 years in the wilderness. Do something of that magnitude, then you'll get our attention. <sighs> Seriously. They still wanted him to do something that wouldn't last when he is the only thing that does last. And so Jesus patiently says, very truly I tell you, it wasn't Moses, it wasn't his hocus pocus that brought them bread. It is the Father who gives you the true bread from heaven for the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. That's why God sends down this amazing gift. It's to give life. It is not the wonder bread of this world that doesn't last. You know that wonder bread, maybe this generation today doesn't understand that neat, beautiful packaging of the, the white with the dots and it looks so inviting. That white bread that was just amazing and soft and would never really go bad. It made better snowballs than snow. It was the bread that would only keep peanut butter and honey off your hands but had no nutritional value. Anything that was nutritious in it was inserted. And Jesus says, I have something more valuable than that. It actually gives life that lasts. You're, you're not going to be hungry when, when you eat of this. But it's different than the things the world can give. And so I ask you a question right now. And maybe it's one that helps to distill what, what goes on in our minds in our day to day. If right now God says, I am giving you access to my power from on high, the God who fed the people in the wilderness for 40 years, he says, I will give you one wish and I will do it. And I can do anything. I can bring back the dead. I can, I can solve the world's problems. I can give you endless resources. I can make your life a charmed bliss here on earth. I can do anything. You have that wish, go. What would it be that you would tap God for? Some of them, well, we'd, now in our church, we had to be generous, right? Okay, a cure for COVID. How's that? That would bless everybody. How about world peace, right? How about enough money for everyone? How about the people in Sudan have enough to feed? I'm going to be generous with this wish, but you know what? None of those things last. They all come to an end. And so Jesus says something amazing, and I hope he has your attention. He says this, I am the bread of life. You see, this bread that God gives us is a human being that is God. 
It's real flesh and blood that came to take the place of all humanity, to take your place before God, to to live the life that we don't, that we can't, to, to make sure that the pursuits that we so often follow are not the pursuits that Jesus followed. He followed his Father's will in every breath that he took, and then he went to the cross to take the punishment the world deserved, to take the punishment away from you that you deserve so that God could smile upon you. And what does it mean to dine on the bread of life? It means that, that, that part of us that, that, that part of us that hangs on to this will never be hungry or thirsty. It happens in this, the fact that if, if, it's, if it's something in this life that you want, like it's beauty or relationship or, or purpose or value, I will tell you this, and someday soon, all the things that you are seeking and will never truly have will be given to you in full when, when the bread of life comes down again. All the things that, that bring you a moment of happiness will be made complete when Jesus is at the center of all there is. And, and when Jesus does this and accomplishes this, and he has already made you a part of this as you dine on him, he will make you beautiful and, and accepted and part of a relationship that doesn't end. He will give you riches beyond what you can trace out and he will make you a part of all that God has made good once again. And there in this perfect bliss of heaven, you will live and you will live and you will live and you will live and you will never die again. And you will never be empty and you will never be thirsty because that is what Jesus is doing even today as he says, come here a taste, my body and blood come down from heaven given to you so that you have life. So let's stop chasing the things that don't last as if they bring us lasting happiness. It doesn't last. These things may not be evil, but they don't last. You want to be happy and and complete and, and have a filled life? then fill yourself with the bread of life and cling to his promise given to you today. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Amen.